0: If you're thinking of running an events business, you'd be hard-pressed to find a more relevant and exciting category than Ninja Warrior right now. Wolfpack Ninja Tour co-founder Noah Kaufman is using his team's celebrity status on American Ninja Warrior as a platform to build his business, but he doesn't need that to attract attention. As one of the top-rated shows and fastest-growing types of gyms, demand for participatory opportunities is massive, which makes it easy to draw a crowd. What sets Noah's business apart is that they're building something big and building it to last. It didn't start out that way, but he explains how their business model has evolved and how they were going to launch even if they didn't raise any money. If you're ready to run the obstacle course that is entrepreneurship, this episode is packed with lessons to help you hit that buzzer. The Cycle, the podcast by Tyler Benedict that explores the startup stories and growth tactics of hundreds of entrepreneurs, plus his own tips and tricks learned over two decades of launching, running, and growing businesses, including BikeRuler.com, the world's largest and most popular cycling tech blog. If you're thinking of starting your own business, The Build Cycle will give you the tools and inspiration to do it right. Now, let's dive into this episode of The Build Cycle. So, you you're one of the main celebrities that we see on American Ninja Warrior, you know, and especially you guys have kind of almost, I think, found a way to build your own celebrity more so by doing the Wolfpack theme and team and all that. But real quick, maybe just tell us, like, how did you get into Ninja Warrior and what was the first season you were on and how did you get to the point where the Wolfpack came to be?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, Tyler. First, I mean, thank you so much for having me and, and, uh, you know, the build cycle is great. And uh, no, definitely want to share the story because it's it's pretty interesting. Ninja Warrior uh, started for for me about five years ago, and just as a climber, as a rock climber, um, and as a mountain biker, actually uh, through the the trails in, in Tahoe, you know, it was always something that I I want I wanted to naturally feel like a ninja, kind of weaving through the forest, you know, on a single track or or climbing up boulders. It was always something that just really the agility aspect of it and kind of being in the moment and flowing was always something really cool. And when Ninja came around, I thought, wow, this would be a great you know, chance to go out on, on, uh, this huge beautiful course and just play and kind of get into that flow state and, and see if I, you know, I can perform under pressure. Um, you know, the pressure of either being on TV or, or you know, or just having one shot at the whole thing. And so, uh, you know, at first it started off as I want to win a million dollars. And I thought it would be a really good uh, chance for like an outdoor athlete, an extreme athlete uh, to to get out there. Um, and, you know, I was right. The climbers have done really, really well. And then slowly over the years, what's been really interesting is uh, we've started to develop a fan base and, and there's fans. And, you know, that's kind of like funny. It's cool. And a lot of, and it's mostly kids and, and the, you know, I smile and shake the, the hands of the fathers and the mothers out there, and we kind of smile knowingly that it is kind of silly, right. uh, you know. It's, it's kind of funny, but then with the kids, it's like we're superheroes. And so when we tell the kids, hey, you know, stop drinking soda pop or stop eating candy, the kids like to listen, and they want to be ninjas, you know. So now some of their heroes are ninjas, and it's really uh, exciting because we're making an impact there, and so Ninja has slowly transformed from kind of the selfish thing where I wanted to make a million dollars into let's use this platform and let's use, um, you know, let's leverage our fan base and leverage our position to, to tell kids and families about being healthy and try and get this country back on track. So it's right. exciting. Yeah. And it will we'll definitely dive deeper into that cause it seems like that's a big part of the, the mission
0: behind the business you guys are creating around this. But, um, so what was the first season you were on the show?
1: Yeah, the first season was a w 5. Okay. Yes, a 5. And it's season 9 that just started this week. Mm-hmm. Right? And then I've done, uh, I've been captain on Team Ninja Warrior of, uh, our team is called the Think Tank. That's for the last two years. So both seasons of Team Ninja Warrior, which is a spin-off on USA. Actually, I think I'm on in the next couple weeks here, so. All right, sweet. Yeah. Well, I, I, you thank already you. know you did, but I'll say good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you, thank you.
0: <laughs> so the, um, the so, so from season five, like was the Wolfpack thing a thing in season
1: five, or did that come about like a year or two or three in? Right, so we were all really close friends because we were like the climbers on the show, and we were doing really well together, and we always trained together, and we just kind of sat down one day, and we're like, you know, we're already like a little crew, why don't we give ourselves a name, you know, because the everybody on Ninja is so, it's such an individual kind of sport, but we really pushed each other and cheered for each other and we're like, let's just, you know, we want to see each other succeed. So so we sat down and, you know, I mean, it's kind of generic, uh, but uh, we were kind of, i just kind of came together naturally. We called ourselves the Wolf Pack. And, um, you know, at first it was a little bit of a joke, I think. Uh, but then it slowly took on its own life, and I, I'd say season AW six, our second season, it, it, we really started as the Wolf Pack, and then it was either AW six or seven, but we were the only ones really to finish the course in Denver, and it was like all of like the four of us friends who were the only ones with our finisher patches out of you know 130 people, and then we did really well in Vegas, and uh, ultimately sent one of our teammates up to the top of the tower, so that was exciting.
0: Yeah, it's awesome. And so
1: the the original Wolf Act was, I don't want to guess, but... Yeah, right. You and Me, uh, Brian Arnold, Ian Dory, Isaac Caldero, and Megan Martin is the okay. She-Wolf. Uh, and then now cool. Isaac won the million dollars, and he's like, okay, this show is too stressful. <laughs> yeah, <it's
0: laughs> Which it is.
1: It's very stressful. So well, he's... ask what happened to him, man, because you yeah. haven't heard
0: anything from him, or I haven't, anymore. Right,
1: right. Well, right. In the... A&W universe he fell off the map and everybody's like what happened but for us he's just you know he's still a bro and he's out climbing and he lives in uh, Chattanooga in Tennessee Oh, cool! and he's climbing full-time he travels the world uh, you know he's trying to make the money last Mm -hmm. and uh, uh, yeah and and and, you know it was it was a little weird for a little while because we we definitely wanted him to stay but we supported him obviously going and living his dream Um, of just climbing full time, so no, Isaac's awesome, and he's still out there in the cool. world doing his thing. Cool, that's great.
0: So then the the, um, the Wolfpack thing was it is, from the start? Was it ever an inkling that you guys would turn this into a business, or was it just like, hey, we're just this is kind of silly and fun? No, right?
1: yeah, it was just silly and fun at first. And really, what made it turn into a business is people started asking us, "Hey, do you do classes? Do you do?" Uh, you know appearances do you do public speaking do you do all this stuff and at first we were doing it for free and it started to monopolize our time and then you know we thought like well maybe we can make ends meet with this you know I'm a I'm a physician so my wife's a physician honestly I I'm not really that motivated by you know financial gain um, I, I you know there's an old saying if, if you if you make more than you spend then you're rich you know and so like we're fine you know we're not hurting but the rest of the wolves are definitely in different stages of life where they're kind of scrounging and i've always been very entrepreneurial and so i figured if we could combine this like with a good social mission to make an impact on the world give to charity and then make money for the team or whatever um so that they you know so they can continue to be the role models and inspiration that they are um then that that would be like a noble business to pursue. So we like to call it like a social entrepreneurial kind of endeavor. And um, yeah, it has slowly become more and more and more serious as we go down the rabbit hole. Um, but we're hanging on to our roots and hanging on to the mission, you know, and then we'll never lose sight of that. Cool. That's awesome. So what was the first business aspect of it? Right. So the first thing we did was we started buying shirts I and mean, we had no idea what we were doing. We started buying shirts in Salerno and selling them. We started a website, uh, started putting a little bit of time into, you know, made some social handles. You know, at Wolfpack Ninjas is on Instagram. Go follow it. And it's, uh, you know, and so it's that stuff is slowly growing and a way just to connect with the fans and whatnot of the show. And every time we got feedback, we'd be like more motivated. So we'd say, okay, well, let's do competitions because people want that. So we did some local competitions and we would set up ninja competitions with hangy things, you know, hangy things in the gym. Uh, And we did like six of those. We did, we eventually caught the eye of Peach Fest and did some, you know, did uh, um, Longmont Village at the Peaks, which we're gonna do again this July 1st and 2nd, if anybody wants to come out as a free course to run. But um, if the podcast is up by then, but yeah, and so, Then uh, you know what happened was it was last fast forward to last fall, and we were growing and slowly doing our thing, spending a little bit more time doing our podcast, Wolfpack Ninja Podcast, interviewing all the top ninjas, um, and finding out like how they became the superstars they are. And uh, a a private equity firm in New York uh, that owns the Blue Man Group, they took notice of us, and they came in and they said, "Hey." what you guys are doing is great you're trying to change the world we think you can make money doing this and of course they're more interested in that and uh they said how about we join forces when we grow your brand and and, and so things have just kind of really taken off from there and we've all kind of become more sappy along the way at business which is a double-edged sword of course it eats a lot of your time but
0: it's been worth it it's been a fun journey yeah, cool. So the the investment thing. Well, before the investment thing, yeah, and, and the event series and stuff. It, you guys were doing. Um, I might be way off base on this, but I think you guys were trying to do like almost a rep business for a lot of the other ninjas, not just Wolfpacks, but like a lot of them. Like if Sony needed, you know, say right. um, Jesse Graff to show up, well, right. you guys were her
1: agent. For that, right, right, in a non-exclusive way. So a lot of the ninjas already have agents and managers and stuff, and they're trying to make it in the world, you know. But what really is special about the ninja brand is that there's more value, there's additive value in when all the ninjas come together than there is when it's just Jesse Graf or or someone else like that. Uh, You know, one of the other top stars. It's it's people are more excited when all the ninjas come out. So, yes, we started representing ninjas uh, in a non-exclusive way. So they still had their own representation, just if we could bring something to the table. And the big thing we brought to the table was being a part of this tour. And so we made the Wolfpack Ninja Tour, and we have started doing live events in arenas. And the one that we had in Magnus in April was just an off-the-hook success. And so now we've got another one November 3rd to 5th. Um, here again in Denver uh, and uh, um, and then we're going national so it's really exciting and the ninjas will all be a part of that and we're still finding opportunities for ninjas so it's really cool cool yeah that was really interesting uh,
0: idea when I saw that because I was like trying to so quick back to like I was actually thinking of opening a ninja gym too like it was gonna be ninja slash indoor climbing slash parkour slash like obstacle training, like a little bit of all the stuff that kind of goes right. together, but you can't really find it all in one place. Right. And then I, I quickly realized that it would become all consuming. I wouldn't be able to do oh like biker yeah. stuff like this. So it's, I, I kind of put that in a hole because we like to travel
1: too. And there's just like, that would go away real quick. Totally. Yeah, no. And we've had the same thought that that type of gym, that hybrid kind of gym is probably the gym of the future that has a little bit of everything Yeah. and uh, yeah. And as you can see, I mean, even though we're all consumed, we're sitting in the warehouse right now in our new gym that's going to open up soon. And right now, you know, it it has a long way to go. Yeah, you're probably living there mostly. <laughs> yeah, get it done right. Yeah, luckily this is only ten minutes <laughs> from the house.
0: So nice. Yeah. So what I was getting, I was like, because I was looking at, okay, well, if I was going to do this, like. How could I get some of these maybe top athletes to help design the course of your name? So as I was looking at that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh alright, so I'd have to go through these guys now to get any of them. Yeah. But it was just it struck me as a really interesting business model. And then um to do that, like, did you guys see any success with that? Like did were you helping the book and was it was that side of it making any money for you?
1: Um, not really. Uh while that while that was coming together, I mean that was pretty recent. That was like in in fall and summer this last, this last year. And uh, yeah, I mean, there were opportunities that were coming online for the ninjas, but we weren't really trying to profiteer off that. We were just trying to centralize and bring all the ninjas together. Yeah. So we weren't really charging very much at all. I mean, it was almost like a free service. Uh, I mean, there was like a little bit to cover some overhead and there were a couple opportunities that came online for ninjas, but nothing really, not like a huge commercial or this or that. So now we're still doing that, but really we've turned all the opportunities, um, and we've taken it and they're all kind of mostly coming through the tour that we're doing and all the ninjas are a part of this tour. And so, uh, you know, the tour pays the ninjas and it's really become the best opportunity for all the ninjas uh, right now. And more opportunities are coming out of it and the deals that are coming together because of it. And so, um, it's interesting how one thing leads into another. So, yeah, it was a good idea to bring the ninjas <laughs> together. But that in and of itself, um, we would have had to have been knocking on a lot more doors. And it takes a lot of work to find work for ninjas. Right. So this way, it's all under one roof. And it's a little bit more straightforward.
0: Right. Cool. The, uh, so how many athletes does that encompass? How many do you work with and yeah.
1: bring to each of the tour stops? Right. So uh, right now... Um, we're still in the process of talking with some ninjas, but um, probably about 40 total are one of the top ninjas, yeah, are uh, and uh, um, at least 20 to 25 right now are um, all signed up in exclusive agreements. so it's pretty cool. yeah, and, and it and it benefits them because there's profit sharing in the company. they're you know they're part of this company and there's ownership, even it's crazy. I mean, this is a Ninja owned and operated uh, company and our partners have been very gracious with taking care of ninjas. And we've given discretionary bonuses after the last event, they get paid very handsomely for teaching classes and whatnot. So it, it's really something where it's all going back to the ninjas. Um, I mean, obviously we have to pay for like these <laughs> this huge, you know a couple hundred thousand dollar uh, trust obstacle course yeah I looked into how much that stuff costs it's not cheap (laughs) no it's not cheap but um, you know I mean it's exciting to have a big giant playground that we can move around anywhere and at these events literally multiple kids and families independently have come up to us and said this was better than Disneyland this was the best weekend of Johnny's life and Johnny's like this was the best weekend of my life and you know um, and like one uh, one uh, set of parents w- was even like, and we went to Disneyland last week, so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah. we're really doing something here.
0: It's, well, and I think like having all that, the trust structures and everything, it looks way better than the gyms that are all made out of wood and nothing against that because like, I, you know, like some of my buddies that live near us opened one in Thomasville and it's great. You know, it's all made out of wood. He did a phenomenal job. but appearances wise you know most of the ninja gyms you go to it looks homemade and this looks like a professional yeah, yeah you know this looks like Disney World as opposed to going to right you
1: know I don't know the, somewhere else. Yeah. yeah and no and it's, it's true it's very exciting now that we have our warehouse gym I and mean, we'll have a we actually have a free to the public grand opening party with food trucks on July 22nd up here in Loveland. Um, and then we'll start classes, and we're taking signups right now uh, for classes with Wolfpack and with Top Ninjas. So it's pretty cool, and <laughs> the spots are filling up. Oh, I bet. Yeah. So the equipment that you have here, because you
0: mentioned there's, we'll have pictures in the show notes of everybody. For- to see what's going on but um so there's a whole more whole another section of it that's coming that'll be like the pro course Mm -hmm. the stuff that's set up now is that the same stuff that you do you dismantle that and road show that when you go to the events or do you have a whole yeah everything with the pro course and well
1: and uh if you want to see video of the top ninjas racing at our first event go to wolfpackninjatour.com and we've got like three videos on there spike tv was there and did a professional uh production you know it, it was pretty cool and then uh, we, we have a, a sizzle reel of like Jesse and Megan, Jesse Graf and Megan Martin racing and Joe Morawski versus Drew Dreschel. It was really exciting. And so that was on the pro course. And like I said, we, in July we'll be doing the Fit Expo, the Colorado Fit Expo, July 8th and 9th. And the course will be up for people to plan. Uh, and there'll be $10,000 for whoever goes the fastest. Actually, it's broken down men and women for second and third place. Um, but that'll only be local local people so you don't have to compete against top ninjas or anything. And then uh, July 1st and 2nd at Longmont, at Village at the Peaks, we'll have the setup and that's totally free um, and there'll be a charity component to both and that's real important to our brand and our mission. Yeah, so do those events pay you guys to come and
0: set up then? Because it's yeah, got to cost yeah. quite a bit to transport everything. Right,
1: right. So they pay us an operator's fee and then every little deal is different. Um, sometimes we and we sell merchandise and you know we sell the posters and the hats and the shirts and you know and the kids love that and we sign the we sign stuff and and um, you know so generally there's revenue from the merchandise and there's revenue from an operators fee we give a certain amount of to, to charity um, and so Children's Hospital of Colorado was part of our last event you know and they got a percent plus uh, an additional Uh, amount and so it's really interesting to work with these 501s and put our money where our mouth is and really kind of donate to charities and our hope is that we grow the brand grow the mission grow the company so that we can give more you know I mean we'd really like to make an impact on childhood obesity and diabetes and make the world healthier one kid at a time and it's a very serious mission because our country is overweight and obese. And it's a huge problem, no pun intended. And it's it's like, you know, I mean, when I started medicine, there was no adult onset diabetes in kids, right? That's why it's called adult onset. Now there's clinics, there are clinics for type two diabetes in kids for adult onset diabetes in kids. We don't even call it that anymore, because the epidemic is out of control. And kids are now getting this disease that used to only be parents and it's the food we eat it's the screen time it's the being sedentary so everything we're trying to do is trying to combat that and we're not the only ones out there but giving to these great educational organizations these 501s is part of our plan and um, we'll be able to do that more and more as we grow so that's awesome yeah, yeah it's
0: not to get too up the that big, but like i read up on a lot too and really great book you might want to check out is Deep Nutrition. It, deep Nutrition it like goes okay. Again, no pun intended, but it goes super deep, right? right? <laughs> On like the anthropological side of how nutrition has shaped the human body and how it's now shaping it in the wrong ways because of the changes in the food supply. But um, yeah, yeah, I'm. A, I I'm, a, I'm got it. everybody I'm, to check that out. I'm writing it down. So, um, so from the event standpoint, like. Remember, it was, this was probably last summer or fall. You guys tried to do a Kickstarter campaign to launch yeah. the event series, and it didn't get fully funded. But what, no. like, so what did you guys learn from that, and
1: why did you try to launch it from Kickstarter first? And was that before you had the investment? Interest? Right. Yes, okay. that was before the investment. Actually, it was towards the tail end of that we were getting invested in. So we we're like, oh, who cares about the Kickstarter? Um, but the uh, the thing that was interesting about the Kickstarter is. Uh, you know, and we we were going for a very low amount and we didn't even get that funding uh, I mean, you know, we had thousands of dollars pledged to the Kickstarter but uh, ultimately the, the thing was, you know, people in New York or in Boise, Idaho or you know, they were like, well, are you coming? Are you bringing the tour here? Uh, you know, why should I invest in this and get some tick? You know, get some tickets if it's only gonna be in Denver, Miami, you know, wherever uh, we said on the Kickstarter that we're going to go, um, and it was a good point. You know, so people it, there was a lot of confusion, and I think that um, you know, I think that it we you know you need to market Kickstarters. So it's ironic, right? You need money to market a Kickstarter to to really kind of let people know about it. Because unless Kickstarter puts it up on their main page, you know, you can tweet it out, but you know, it, it's it's not. It's not that easy. So a lot of these Kickstarter's that get funded or get funded at like 10x or 20x, they have professional companies that are marketing them. So they invest money and they're using Kickstarter as like a marketing technique. So we learned quite a bit from it um, in terms of what exactly people were looking for because we got a lot of feedback that said, "Hey, I'd love to you know put in 100 bucks towards this uh, and help you guys uh, you know realize." this, this dream, we'd love to go to a tour, but, you know, we can't come to Denver or New York or where you're going to have the tour. Are you going to come to Florida? If you did, you know, we'd happily put in this money okay. and, you know, we can't say, okay, we're going to come to all 80 of these places that, <laughs> that, you know, if you guys put in some money. So really we needed private equity to really do it right. Or someone needed to put up money so that we could really buy all this trusts and, you know, Make a professional Disneyland type of you know thing, as you mentioned. Uh, it's it's you know it's um, it take it's cost intensive, right? So uh, it was really good to get the seed money, and uh, we worked really hard on the first event, and it was a huge success.
0: Yeah, I'm was kind awesome. of curious how you came up with the amount that you were asking for. I forget what it was, but I remember looking at the number. And I'm like. There's no way you guys are going to be able to do everything you're saying you're doing. Yeah. If you only raise what you're asking for, right? So, like, how'd you come up with that number? And, uh, do you mind for the Kickstarter? No, it no, I'm happy to share. Yeah.
1: So for the Kickstarter, I think we only wanted like twenty thousand uh, dollars, and we the equipment's at least a quarter million. We, oh, right? at least yeah. And we we came up with uh, with six thousand dollars or something. So we came up <laughs> short and didn't and didn't get <laughs> funded. Um, and, and so we did have, you know, it wasn't like we were completely oblivious to the fact that we wanted to spend a lot of money on course, but what we were going to do with that $20,000 was um, we were going to, uh, you, you can actually rent quite a bit of trust for uh, you know, a few thousand dollars. We could have rented this much trust for, and we were going to put on and bootstrap our way into our first event. And at that time, the model was to do it outside. Um and we were gonna do these outside tours. So all we really needed to do was rent trust. We had a lot of the um hangy things and equipment already. Uh so it, it would have been super ghetto, you know. It, it would have been super ghetto. And we had made money and so we had banked, you know, um another I don't know, twenty thousand dollars or something. So we Probably could have stitched something together with that an outdoor event and you know it would have been like our own Peach Fest or something it would have been a fun festival there would have been food trucks and whatnot we had this vision um, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been as sophisticated or professional as it was in April when we had our uh, you know our, our equity partners and we really put something cool together and we blew we blew it out of the water you know we were forty percent over our optimistic for forecasts and expectations and that was the event in denver that yeah Spike filmed you. right yeah, yeah. and uh, again you can see footage of that on uh, wolfpackninjatour.com and we've got some sizzle videos and whatnot but it was so exciting you know we had a packed arena uh, we did the wave you know around we did the star spangled banner we had miles the denver broncos mascot there and uh, it was just really really it was really fun it was really a lot of work though yeah,
0: I bet. So then, what?
1: Now that you've got the capital
0: and you've got the equipment, before I forget that, it's like, how do you guys own trucks or do you just rent
1: trucks to come and get the stuff? Like, how many trucks does it take to move all this? So we have three semis right now. Um, we rent the trailers and we rent the drivers when we need them. Um, do you own the cabs, the trucks. No, 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 it's all rental right now. Yeah. It's more cost efficient. Uh, ultimately, I'm sure we'll we'll own that, but everything's incremental. I mean. Uh, we're sitting in the warehouse now this warehouse is obviously it's about uh 20,000 square feet and we've got those three semis that you saw those are ours out front or i mean they're you know we're we're renting those uh and and the warehouse so we don't you know we're being cost efficient right now and we're growing incrementally and um you know we we definitely are stepping on the gas in a big way but um yeah, I mean it, it's it's exciting. 2018 will be will be all over the country: LA, New York, New Jersey, um, uh, DC, Houston. So it's it's really exciting. And we're in talk with we're in talks with venues and sponsors, and it's it's just really growing really fast. Everybody wants to be a part of it. That's also awesome. it's really neat.
0: So then the the series
1: are, are you going to replicate at each of these stops what you did in Denver? Uh, yeah. We well, build, measure, learn, right? I mean, we built this great thing. Uh, we saw what happened, and we've already tweaked it to make it way better. What were um, some of the things you learned? Like, what are you changing? Oh yeah. So we started too late. We started at seven p.m. on on Sunday night for the pro finals. Oh. So the show that everybody wanted to watch was Megan Martin versus Jesse Graf and all the top ninjas racing each other, and it was fantastic. I mean, it was like nail-biting sports action heart pounding it was it was so good uh, actually if you go to our instagram uh, wolfpack ninjas you'll see these incredible short little video snippets of the pros running against each other with like seriously sporting moments that should make top 10 espn and uh, and and it's really 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 cool so um you know i, I think that if uh you know, ultimately, if we can do that and replicate that at a at an earlier time, so if we start at like 5 p.m., then everybody will enjoy it a little bit more because people have school and work the next day. Right. So by the time the pro men went at 9 p.m. on Sunday night, it started to thin out. The crowd started to thin out. We had a packed arena at, you know, 7 p.m. Um, and so... You know, but it, it, there's a lot of kids in our, our uh, demo, so and, in our audience. And so we just want to make it more special for them. Um, so that's one of the hundred things that we're going to change. Uh, we need to... Uh, we sold out of VIPs. We, we were over capacity for people who wanted to do the course. Uh, so, you know, unfortunately, to control that demand, we're, we're probably going to have to... Um, change the limit, the number of people who can go on the course every hour, uh, instead of just saying, okay, you know, yeah, free for all. We ended up having to do some refunds because unfortunately some people didn't get to run it. We had like thousands of people who wanted to run the course. And we, we just couldn't, you know, by Sunday, we were a well oiled machine and we knew our systems very well. Um, but even though we had practiced, you know, there's no way to you really have to trial by fire these things. And so it was a very steep learning curve. And uh, now we're gonna probably intersperse men and women's finals, Um, you know, things will be less downtime. And uh, we've got to, you know, personally, I need to get more sleep. (laughs) (laughs) I (laughs) think I had like one or two hours of sleep both nights. And so I was, you know, I was haggard. Um, and, And the tour staff, we were understaffed. So now we'll have, you know, probably twice as many staff. Um, we'll have wristbands, whereas before it was just kind of a free for all. It was great. It was a great event, and people really only had good things to say about it. But from our standpoint, from our point of view uh, as operators, it was logistically very, very tough, and it was a, it was you know a nightmare that ended up being a dream come true. Right. so it was crazy you know we ended up with total huge success and very very happy people um, and but ultimately for us it was like oh my gosh we could do that so much better yeah so yeah there's like a hundred things to do better I, I told you a couple things but uh, we're adding a day um,
0: and yeah. this is the stage so th- this first one was a Saturday and Sunday right Like right. All day, both days and you right. had like I knew there was just, like kids clinics where they could get like one-on-one or, or right, small groups right. with some of the pros and then right. like time to just run the course. So like what else do you guys offer at these
1: events? So we had, a, a so the VIPs really have the best of everything. they get a special first look party the night before. They get to come look at the course, they get a catered event and they get to hang out pretty much one-on-one with, you know, Kevin Bull, Joe Murawski, Jesse Graf, Ryan Stratus, all, you know, the Wolfpack obviously, the rest of the Wolfpack. And we've expanded the Wolfpack brand um, so if you go to our website now, wolfpackninja's.com, you'll see it's Jesse Graf and it's everybody. You know, so everybody's kind of come on to the team, and uh, and so the VIPs get that experience on Friday night. They get uh, one-on-one. They get classes with the the top ninjas. Um, they get to run the course. Uh, they get front-row seats to the finals event, uh, which is like down on the floor right next to the course. So it's like insane. Uh, up close and personal with the course and uh, the ninjas running it. Uh, And then through the weekend there's a free health fair. Anybody can come into the arena during the weekend and come down and just watch kids play or watch people try and qualify on the pro course. We had $30,000 in cash and prizes for the first event in April and now already we're going to $50,000 in cash and prizes and that's for five different divisions. There's youth men, youth boys and girls, Amateur men and women, and pro men and women. There's six divisions, I guess, and so that prize money is split up. Uh, we'd like to get to at least 100k prizes per event in 2018, and uh, you know a quarter million uh, by 2019, 2020. Where does that money come from? Sponsors. Okay. Yeah. So the who sponsor, who's who's are the sponsors? the right? um, Well, no, it's a good question. So. Uh, up front that comes from uh, ticket sales we're we're just putting everything right back in so the money we made from the first event is is all just being turned into prize money and to pay off amortizable expenses like the course and insurance and (laughs) paying ninjas so yeah no i mean we're not profitable we're not making money at all you know obviously any kind of startup company loses money for a while until you become cash flow positive it never really happens that you have to make an investment to to and and so we're investing in the prize money we're actively seeking sponsors right now uh, but we're very selective so for example um, a soda pop company obviously didn't know who we are were didn't read our mission statement didn't read any of that they came to us and it was a it was a lucrative deal yeah. um and we and it was one of the fun it was really fun for me <laughs> to be able to say no not only well, you know we can't work with you ever like you need to go and look at our brand message and stuff and so that was kind of exciting so we're only looking you know i mean that's the thing is we don't feel like there's a rush we're looking for a sponsor partner that really believes in the same things we believe in and so we've got a deck together and we're sending that out and once we get a sponsor we'll be able to blow up the prize money and you know we've got a lot more of a long-term vision you know we'd like to become like a spartan um, type of brand or um you know, but a little bit broader and just with obstacle course racing and arenas. So, yeah, I mean, the sponsorship uh, will ultimately support the prize money, support the athletes, and support the event um, itself. Uh, Is it sustainable to run these based only on entry fees? Or do you need sponsors to make You need sponsors. Live events Mm -hmm. don't. You I mean some live events you, look, we could make a little bit of money probably with uh the costs. You know, people are like, Why well, you know, a seventy five dollar ticket, that's expensive, but you know, Spartan has hundred fifty dollar tickets. Right. Well, you actually what's Disney? Almost two hundred right. by the time you're out of there you're spending three hundred bucks per person a day. Right, no, that's exactly right. And and uh people think we're making money hand over fist or that people are making, you know, people saw how many people we had, you know, over 4,000 spectators in Magnus Arena and wow, you guys must have made so much money. Well, no, (laughs) it doesn't work that way. So uh, these events cost so much to put on that, yeah, most live events really don't make money from, from, yeah, the ticket costs and whatnot. You can make a little bit maybe uh, and eventually become profitable. But that's, you know, that's really, it's mostly about sponsorship and the other business verticals that grow out of the brand and, um, yeah. And then obviously, ultimately, uh, distribution of media and whatnot. Yeah. But, let's talk about
0: that then. Cause you guys had Spike TV filming the one in Denver. So uh-huh. what happens to that footage? Do you guys make money off of that? Like how is no, it being used?
1: Right. So that just extends the brand and that we don't make money off of it, um, it's just, it was for a charity cause, for their charity cause, VOW, uh, veterans, veterans Operation Wellness. And so if you go to spike.com slash VOW, you know, Veterans Operation Wellness, you can see these videos up on our website. We posted it. There's like a 30 second version, but then there's three little three and a half minute versions and it's, it's all supporting uh, veterans and, and so. You know, they came in we didn't have to pay anything it's good for the brand and uh, it's just uh, and it, it's good marketing you know ultimately yeah we want to do live streaming of the sporting events and whatnot and we're in talks uh, with some some fairly big uh, networks and production companies and, and whatnot so
0: how does that work with you guys all being on American Ninja Warrior because ultimately if it weren't for the TV show American Ninja Warrior yeah none of this or it, it would be a much harder thing to right. create this type of event and, and yes. this team and awareness and all that so like that being a tv show that's obviously in business to make money off of the talent of you guys competing in it like right.
1: do you are there conflicts with them do you have to sign agreements where you guys will fill right televise your own events so right right there are agreements with them that all the ninjas sign and we so we love american ninja warrior We have a very good relationship. They signed off on the Spike production said it was okay. So we go to them and ask them, basically. We are not allowed to do an unscripted reality TV show that is about obstacle courses. So we'll never do that. And we we won't compete with them ever. Um, It's just, you know, that would be like biting the hand that feeds you. And we respect and love American Ninja Warrior. I mean, it has given us the platform. And they respect and love the ninjas because the ninjas have created all the value on their show. Um, ultimately, though, a sporting event is something that we can do. And, you know, it's a very different uh, type of animal. So, um, you, you know, it's, it, it wouldn't be a primetime network show. Uh, but, you know, if we distributed, uh, you know, a highlight reel that was just sporting event on the Internet, you know, or put it up on YouTube or something like that. Um, that's something obviously we, we get an okay and we've had some discussions and you know there's details obviously uh, behind the scenes going on but um, it's something that eventually we would look at uh, down the road but we would never encroach on what they're doing right
0: yeah because it seems like that's a huge opportunity to extend what you guys doing is getting that video online or something where people yeah. outside the cities because it's it seems like uh, you know any cool event they go to the same major metros, and obviously it's because that's where the population is. But right. like you know, living
1: in Greensboro, I'm like, come on, <laughs> right here. Yeah. Sponsors want to see that too, you know. What I mean, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, and right, people want to see the footage, and right now the only place you can see the footage is on our Instagram, you know, and it's like these little thirty second snippets, uh, or on our website, and uh, yeah, I mean, there's a you know there's a sizzle reel and. So there'll be more and more media coming out of it and, and mostly, most of it is, you know, for for a while it's going to be mostly free media just to make everybody aware of it and as we go to different markets, these different cities and whatnot, you know, I mean, the first thing you have to do is people have to know about it and, and start talking about it and really kind of fall in love with it. And when, the, when people see the magic that is the event, like if you go to our website and you look at those sizzle reels, you, you'll... You'll be like, wow, this is this looks like it was really exciting. I'd love to go to this or even compete in it. Yeah. You know, it, it seems that's like something really, really cool. That's what
0: uh, Chris that introduced us. He he said they got tickets and went to the live demo, and He's like, yeah, like seeing that happen live right in front of you. He's like, it's the level of athleticism that you guys have is nuts. Yeah, like, it,
1: it it's insane. Okay, the.
0: Um, I've got a couple more topics I want to cover with this. Uh, you know, the event side. You know, it's obviously the kids that get super geeked out on meeting the ninjas and, and love it, and they're the, the most rabid fans. I think. Right. It, how much of the audience at the events was kids, and like, how do you cater that, or like, who are the main audiences yeah. at the well, events? Right. Well, it is
1: the kids. The kids freak out and they want to go and they want to hang with Kevin Bull or Jesse Graff or somebody, and then so they're you know tugging on mom and dad's arm and. You know, it's maybe it was Disney World uh, six months ago and you know maybe now the Wolfpack's on the horizon or the Wolfpack's in, in the hood, so to speak, and so, um, you know, I, they want to go so bad. And our marketing is definitely, um, a lot of it's grassroots and uh, a lot of it's handing out postcards and doing school events and talks and talking to the Boy Scouts and, you know, hitting our, our demo. And, and the demo really is kind of this co-viewership that watches the show on TV, which is, you know, parents, uh, y- you know, young parents and their kids ages uh, four to 12 or whatever. Um, but then the athletes, there's also all the OCR athletes, the climbers, the the all the mountain people, you know, I mean, everybody who is just so naturally athletic and talented and skillful, they can come out and. For some reason, they do better on the course. You, you give me a good mountain biker, a good surfer, they're gonna do way better on the course than a gold medal gymnast. It's crazy, you know. Um, most people who uh, your track and field guys are real good at it, um, you know. People who you wouldn't expect, you know. The but uh, the outdoor athletes are really good at ninja. Uh, maybe it's because they're used to adapting to changes that nature give them, you know, or like. When you're when you're riding a, a trail or when you're trail running, you're constantly calculating and constantly doing different angles, and your body is just—it's not like linear. It's not like the same thing over and over. Whereas a gymnast maybe does a ring routine, you know, like a million times in their life, and becomes like a perfect ring man, you know, or like a floor, or even an all-around special specialist, you know. But for us outdoor athletes it's just this huge array of movement. So all those, all the Spartans, all the OCR, everybody, um, just naturally does so well at the event that, that that's also our demo is this kind of like, uh, uh, you know, teenage to 40 something, you know, I mean, it's like a really broad, uh, athletic slice of the population, uh, people who are really fit. And so they can come out and they can compete in their divisions for glory or money. Here's the, here's the medals, you know. Yeah, I was reading really, yeah, that. It's pretty cool. Yeah, this is a Dan Gable. I'm holding the our, one of our gold medals. You can hear it kind of jingling. The quote that we have on here is a, a Dan Gable quote. He was like one of the world's best wrestlers ever. And it says, gold medals aren't really made of gold. They're made of sweat, determination, and a hard-to-find alloy called guts. <laughs> and, uh, you know... I I I really love that. And so there's a, you know, we are building a sport. We're building this head to head racing sport that's really exciting. Um, But, and so the demo includes all the athletes, but really everybody who was there at the event was parents and and their kids, you know. And and so, um, and yeah, and, and we learned a lot from them. And they're just so excited. To be yeah. part of the magic. How do you
0: market that? Like, I, I know a lot of you guys live here in the the whole Fort Collins Boulder area, right? Um, there's a heavy concentration of not just climbers, but now climbers <laughs> that have become very successful ninja warrior competitors yeah. and athletes. Uh, but when you go to like Miami or New York or something where you don't have this strong base of built-in, you know, people on the ground, like right. so, how do you reach? How do you market the kids in this day and age? That's yeah, improved?
1: Right, right. Well. And, and that's the thing is, you know, we're marketing fun and health, so it, it's already parents approved. You know, parents approve of, of Ninja, they just do. I mean, it's kind of like a family, a family thing that uh, prioritizes uh, self-reliance, uh, self-confidence, deter- you know, a dedication to self-improvement. I mean, all these athletes on Ninja Warrior are so inspirational because they've dedicated so much time to, to a goal. And they, you know, stay away from drugs and alcohol, they are constantly, they're very fit, they're doing incredible things, they eat right. And you know, once you do that, and once you get good at one thing in life, it's easy to be successful at other things. So I think that Ninja is, a, it's like a, you know, training for Ninja or becoming a better Ninja is a homily for what you can do with your life in general, either in business or in science or in whatever you want to pursue, you know, you can be the best teacher you want to be. And so ninjas like that so parents approve of it I mean I'm a, you know I've got a 5 year old and I the only thing he watches is ninja warrior really you know and his yeah. favorite his favorite ninja is Joe Morowski. Right. <laughs> I'm like what about dad you know chop liver and uh, he doesn't care that dad's a ninja you know Joe Morowski.
0: so um, so how do you reach those kids in like in right. Miami or New York or wherever
1: So right and the way that we we reach those kids locally is through grassroots it's through on the ground it's through uh, you know handing out postcards going to schools talking about giving motivational lectures um, you know to kids maybe running them through a like an easy obstacle course and uh, Really a lot of its grassroots a lot of it is through social media uh, All of our ninjas combined have like about 3 million in social reach and most of it is our demo You know and our kids and so 3 million people is a lot of people and yeah granted that's all over the world but uh, probably 90% is in the U.S. And uh, um, yeah, so we, we reach out and, uh, and, and tell our demo off of social media. Uh, all the ninjas are um, posting about our stuff and you know, they're a part of the team. And so it, it's one big coordinated effort uh, through social media and grassroots kind of on the ground. And we also did do commercial and radio, so TV and radio in the local market. Um, and those are interesting deals because uh, it's a media partnership, and we don't really uh, profit from those. But uh, it's it's uh, kind of like a shared uh, deal where the um, the media distribution, either TV or radio, uh, they get to sell advertising against what we're doing, and uh, you know, brought to you locally in part by you know, Wolfpack Ninja Tour, brought to you locally in part by Joe's Subaru or whatever. And so that's a that's interesting. So you know certainly we have a marketing budget as well and uh, so we pay for some advertising there's magazines uh, obviously kid there's kids magazines that we get into and, but like i said it it's it's all good right it's for a charity cause and what we're doing is so healthy and it's such a such an important thing right now in our society and, and so i think we're really feeling a very necessary gap, which is like, where did PE go, right? Like PE's gone and there's screen time. And so, you know, we're we're giving this great outlet. You know, the kids want to be ninjas. And so they're having fun. And if they're having fun, it's not like working out or whatever. And if the ninjas say, hey, look, stop eating candy, stop drinking soda. These are really good, profound messages that are, I mean, they're simple, but they're profound because they kind of, the kids bring them back home and then the parents start to say, okay, well, yeah, you know, oh, the ninja said don't drink soda. Okay, okay, well, we'll get rid of soda or whatever and you know, water down our juice. And, and so these messages are really important. So the parents are just naturally on board because they want what's best for their kids and so do we, right? Yeah, the media partnership then,
0: like how, how does that work? So like does the local news get to come out and film a segment
1: of that in exchange for promoting your good ahead of time or? Right, so they get content. Um, they get they're they're excited about the content because they're excited to share the mission and it's good for the community. It's good for uh, their brand image to be associated with us. Um, but then also, what happens is whether it's TV or radio, uh, you know, they they make money by selling advertising, right. and to sell advertising, they have to be really popular, um, you know, and have good ratings. Uh, and And so, what happens is the other thing they can do is. If there's an exciting event, uh, you know, like let's say Mariah Carey or somebody's coming to town, um, and they want to do a commercial, well, that commercial time can be bought by a third-party company or like, like I said, Joe's Subaru or somebody, and they can they can buy the advertising time. Let's say it's a 30-second ad, they could have 15 seconds of it be like, oh, Wolfpack Ninja Tour, uh, you know, uh, is coming to Denver you know whatever whatever dates november 3rd to 5th which is when our next one's going to be um we haven't announced it yet so we, so there you go there you uh, go stay tuned to our website for the where's and the when's but um yeah and, and then that way uh the cost is you know and then it says brought to you locally in part by you know first national bank or whoever right and so do you go out and sell that to say first national bank or does the television station the television station, station does That's Awesome. So, and then, uh, yeah, so we, we don't make any money off of that, but we, but they give us, a megaphone. yeah, we don't have to spend money. And so, you know, that's, that's a way that deal can work. Um, and you know, that's it and it works, It, it works for everybody. It's a win, 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 you know, it's a, it's a very mutually beneficial, uh, it's actually a four way win, you know, because, um, it's. You know, the consumer also wins because they get to know about this great event to yeah. come to, you. and and it really is a great event. It's it's a lot of fun, and it's um, it looked amazing. My brother was part of the Spike film crew, so oh, okay, sorry, brother in law, so right, he, was, right.
0: he was texting me pictures. i was like, God, I wish I was there! Yeah, <laughs> was oh, amazing. yeah, well, you have to come to the next one, yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, speaking of the next one, um you got one more coming up in November, you said? Yeah, one more in locally. Year, right. Locally. So how many events and how many cities do you guys plan
1: on doing it for 2018? And then how do you plan on scaling it over the next five years? Right, right. So, wow, five years is a long time, and we have thought through that. Uh, basically, 2018, we'll, we, we don't want to... We, we would rather focus on quality. So we don't want to just try and flood. You know, go to every single city. We want to keep it special. And uh, so 2018... Uh, you know, we'll probably do six six events or something. Maybe you know, four to six uh, venues and cities, uh, and then a couple of places we might go twice. Once the market is kind of educated, so to speak, um, we may have like a, a Super Bowl kind of situation. Uh, we haven't released what we're going to call it yet, but like a a, a tour finale uh, of all the top ninjas, and that would be a different format. And that's exciting we, and we'll we'll probably announce that sometime with the next season. But so that's 2018 and we'd like to see, you know, the prize money obviously go way up. And then uh, 2019 and 2020 just kind of build off of that in, in the cities that we're at. And we might have some spin-off events. Right now we're head-to-head racing, but there's no reason why we can't do um, longer format or, uh, you know, or difficulty or... Uh, any any one of those things. I mean, that's a beautiful thing is we can now we have all the stuff and we've got the, the creative IP and we know how to make obstacles. We know how to make them easy enough for kids and really fun for the pros uh, because we've been ninjas for so many years that, uh, you know, it, that's, you know, anybody can buy truss and can buy obstacle stuff. But really knowing how to make it incrementally harder and make it the just right difficulty for kid for every age group uh, and to have fun because that's the most important thing, right? right. So, uh, is to have success and fun. If you just get shut down, then it's, it, you know, you're never gonna try it again. So, um, we, the courses we have, we even have easy courses for people who are totally off the couch, out of shape. So if you ever wanted to try ninja, believe it or not, there's ways to do it without it, you know, being- Without uh, being a rock climber. Yeah, yeah, without having to be able to do 10 pull-ups, you know, like <laughs> we had an eight-year-old do our pro course. so that's pretty exciting and then then that was the same course that the pros had a ton of fun on and uh we're competing for you know in this next event they'll be competing for over fifty thousand dollars in cash and prizes so uh yeah i mean so and then we'll scale from there in in 2020 2021 Um, it's crazy to think that far out but uh yeah i mean we're going to grow it into a huge new sport i think that um we're getting to a point in history where there's so much you know it's not real adhd but we are all a little bit adhd there's so much information so quick you know you're on from one thing to the next to the next who's got time um and and it's kind of sad in a way but people don't really sit down uh and and go and watch a football game or a baseball game quite as much you know it's it's like people are really excited by uh, you know fast action you know non-stop uh, you know things that are happening and, and I think our sport is doing that so I see it really growing into the sport uh, of the future and I mean I'm, look I'm very optimistic right but I uh, so. <laughs> yeah but uh, I, I see this being yeah the sport of the future and uh, we're, we're we're making it you know we're creating it. it's really exciting
0: yeah so what I want to Cover two more things so opportunities and competition. So, let's start with opportunities. It, it sounds like, from what you said, you know, it's like anybody can buy trust, anybody could mm-hmm. technically open a gym, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, so I interviewed Chris Warner, who uh, owns the rock climbing gym. Yeah, he, he said um, something similar to rock climbing gyms. It's like, you know, I feel bad for the people that are just opening on Bowling now that haven't ever done it before because right they just don't know. And so, like, when you have this model where you know what the climbers want or you know what the ninjas want, it right. seems like. Once you've got that as a package, like you could almost open up the Wolfpack Ninja Gym as a franchise. That's right. Have you guys thought about that? Or like, what else are you doing beyond the events? Yeah,
1: gyms are still a a little ways out. I mean, obviously, we're sitting in this gym is gonna. This is our R and D warehouse slash. It's gonna be Ninja Gym. You know, it's not. It's not the. You know, the like three to five million dollar investment gym. That's state-of-the-art that's still a couple years away probably we'll get into gyms we'll extend the brand and in you know all kinds of directions obviously there's so many different business verticals that we can pursue uh, with the brand and it's really important for us to grow the brand because you know yeah anybody can make a ninja gym anybody can uh, make any one of the you know could make a tour even you know but really The brand and the mission and what we're doing with all the ninjas and having all the ninjas really makes us unique and and makes us special. And so our primary focus is the brand and not spreading ourselves too thin, you know? So we really wanna focus on doing a few things at first and doing them really right. So uh, we wanna focus on the brand and developing the brand and growing our our reach uh, and then focus on the tour and make sure that the tour is just this perfect thing that we're devoting a ton of time to. And then, yeah, gyms are certainly uh, an option down the road in the future. And and the market is our you know, we know that A&W, ATS is already gonna make gyms. Uh, We know there's gonna be A&W branded gyms. And so, you know, we'll kind of see how that goes. And and they're also, uh, you know, they're doing other things, which is great, it's great for the market in a rising tide, you know, raising all ships. So uh, this is it's all good for the market. And, uh, you know, it's all about educating the market and giving people an outlet to get their ninja on. And and so for opportunities, yeah, they're endless and they're limited by our creativity. Uh, and, and i would say that yeah, and the capital well yeah i mean the, the capital is there for good ideas now now that we have a great partner um you know if we've got something that makes sense and uh then you know we can kind of pursue what we want but if we try and do everything at once you know we're going to collapse underneath our own weight so we need to be smart about it so i think that while the opportunity there, we're going to focus on the things that we do best right now, and then we'll grow uh, organically and uh, c- uh, certainly aggressively, but uh, w- we, we got to be smart about it, so we need to temper that growth with uh, some realism. Yeah. <laughs> so where does the podcast fit into the
0: business model? Are you guys going to keep doing that? Because I know how long, how much time it takes to yeah. you know, just
1: record, but then produce. Right, produce. yeah, and I, I used to edit for like eight hours, I mean... Uh, so the podcast is taking a, a little bit of a hiatus. Uh, we, we've, it's funny because we're about to put out another one. Uh, and uh, you know, but we just interviewed Chris Sharma and we we've, we've got all the top ninjas on there. We've got Matt Nockbar from the show, Casey Ganzar, Jesse Griff, all these top ninjas. So we really have this great uh, you know, we've got like 50 episodes or something and, and they' they're, they're great. We've gotten great feedback. So they're just kind of out there right now. Um, we're spending so much time doing, uh, all this other stuff that we're taking a little break from the podcast. Sure, ultimately, that will be uh, something that will be a great, you know, way to market also uh, what we're doing and to tell people what we're doing. It's a very inspirational podcast. But it's not our primary focus right now. Um, it just kind of adds value to the brand. and um, But, but yeah, uh, it's – yeah, I mean, cert, you know, we're – we, we don't want to put too much advertising, you know, on, uh, on things that we're doing. We did it for a while. We're still doing it actually on the podcast, but you know, it, it really, and it brings in a little bit of, of money, but um, you know, ultimately uh, we really are focused on, on we, we kind of have to grow the brand. And once we do that, then things like the podcast and the website and everything else that we can kind of monetize, uh, we'll be able to do once the brand is is bigger with a bigger foothold. Right. So, how does the, you guys have some kind of like a little membership thing. It's, it's kind of like a kid's club yeah. on the website. Is that pretty active? Like how, how is that doing? So we yes. haven't even, re- it's funny, yeah, we haven't really advertised that uh, too much yet. We, we did a, a, just a couple uh, tester ads, but... Um, we haven't advertised it on our social media Uh, we've launched it but we want to grow it slowly so we're giving our VIPs a chance to go in there's a forum there's a point system uh, there's an app called Wolfpack Junior's uh, Wolfpack Junior sorry and if you go to wolfpackjr.com you can get a free ebook and yes it's a membership club and on the app you can video chat with Megan Martin uh, you know and you can chat with the different ninjas and it's a A mentorship club Uh, one thing that we want to make sure is that we have the infrastructure and the ability to um, to have the club be very valuable to people without all of a sudden having a thousand kids in there and it taking all of our time just trying to video chat with every kid so we're still tweaking and and building and that hasn't been it's there and it's up and we've kind of let it. it's kind of like a silent launch uh, and it is out there and we do have members and we do talk with them and you know, you know They have personal we've got personal records on there and there's a point system and you earn different levels uh, for dedicating yourself to uh, You know improving everything. So if you do more push-ups or more sit-ups, so it's great for kids uh, and it's, it's a cool club uh, It's funny you asked about it. Yeah, that's definitely part of our future vision is really g- growing and expanding that. Yeah, sounds like you might have to shift to like a Facebook
0: Live thing where multiple people can be conversing. With yeah, yeah. It's one on one, man. If that thing scales, like.
1: Oh, I know. Well, yeah, right. And, and so, right, exactly. And so that's kind of upfront. The people who are lucky enough to get in early get, get to have little conversations with Jesse Graf and whatnot. But, um, you know, over time, right, we'll need a solution for that. Um, and it'll probably be like yeah once a week maybe a Google hangout or something like that you're
0: right you know it's cool so let's talk competition you guys you know for your event series there's also I want to say more on the grassroots level but you've got uh, NNL yeah and then I forget the name of that but there's two basically A. yeah UNA, UNA. UNA. Uh, sort of like um, not credentially. What's the word I'm looking for here? Leagues, like uh, kind of ninja. Yeah, like they've got their leagues, or they sanction. Thank you. That's the word. Yeah, You know, they sanction events, and so uh-huh. you know, with these ninja gyms, which are just popping up left and right yeah. around the country, which yeah. is awesome. The uh, yeah, you've got a you two series going on, and the, I think they each have their own finals and everything right. with their own prize money and stuff. So how does how does that fit in with what you guys are doing for your series as it grows and right. then? Well, we'll talk about that first and then we'll talk about the bigger fish.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So NNL and UNAA, um, are, are really, uh, they're really, really great. They're, they're, they're ninja run businesses and we support them both. I actually have a call later on today with UNAA and I'm talking with Chris, uh, in Vegas. Um, tomorrow I'll be flying out to Vegas, uh, for American Ninja Warrior. And so, you know, the, it's very interesting. We support them. We don't view them as competition. Uh, we're doing live arena events and we're doing head to head racing and their formats are, you know, totally different. And we want to see them grow. We want to see them blow up. Uh, we like that they're, you know, their leagues. We like that they're Ninja owned and operated. They're kind of grassroots just like we were. Uh, and I mean, frankly, you know, as they grow, they're going to grow the market and they're going to send people to our events. Yeah. as It's like yeah. a feeder series, like the minor league, right? Oh, totally. The and and are... they have booths at our events and, and mm-hmm. we're trying to get them members, you know? And like, um, so it, it, you know, there's no reason why we can't work together to really build it all together. And so we're really supportive of, of those, uh, those companies. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a whole lot more to say about that. Um, Alpha Warrior, uh, Kevin Bull has a pitfall league. There's there's all these uh, leagues, and NNL and UNAA are definitely the biggest ones, and, yeah, we're really supportive of them. Cool. So then the funny thing is, like, literally
0: a day or two after you and I kind of set a date to meet and do this interview, Yeah. I was looking at AW's Twitter, and it was like, I saw the thing about yeah A and W and NBC are partnering to do a big national event series. And, yeah,
1: and I was like, man, that's kind of a real kick in the nuts for you guys to. Well, you you would think so, um, but well, and interestingly, I I don't know if you looked at it closely, but it's, it's the it's exact same model as what our Kickstarter was. Oh really? Yeah, that's it's funny. it's funny. It's uh like literally the, the same thing, and and that's fine. You know, there's good ideas and. It, it, you know, obviously they saw that what we're doing with live events worked, and uh, they had people there, and uh, and we've we've been on the phone with them, and you know it seems like this would be big uh, competition, and oh uh, you know, gosh, what's going to happen, and yeah, kicking the nuts type of thing, but you know really it's again it just is it's such a huge sandbox, it's such a huge market that I think if you're sophisticated and you have a, a more kind of worldly view of this. Um, this is great because now they're going to be in, let's say they're in Houston. Well, we can go down, we can have our pros go down, we can do their event, uh, and we can advertise our event that maybe we'll do a month later, you know, in the same place. And we're talking with them. We're going to try and keep the dates separate so we're not competing for the same city at the same time. Right. And, you know, it's just better for the consumers, more stuff to do. Everybody wants to try Ninja. So really it's, uh, I, I'm, you know, it, it's amazing. It happened kind of up front, but we, we have different models, uh, and yeah, they they're going to teach classes and they're going to do a lot of the things we're doing, and it is a copycat kind of thing, right? There, but they say imitation is the highest form of flattery, and uh, they definitely um, uh, took an idea we had and and they're running with it, and it makes sense, you know, and uh, we can only do so much, and really, the market is so much bigger than what we can do. And so it only makes sense. I mean, they are the brand. They are, or ATS is working with the brand, um, you know, with NBC to partner up to do that. And I, I think it's great. And I wish them huge success. I mean, it's just going to help us. Yeah. So, so when you say, you, or much earlier in our conversation, you said you had kind of
0: exclusive deals with a lot of the athletes, like 40 of the best, Mm-hmm. Most well-known athletes. So does that mean that like they're exclusively going to work at your events and teach at yours, or do you think?
1: Yeah, promote and endorse our events. Um, but no, we want every. We wouldn't limit any ninjas from doing any other events, so they can do NNL, UNAA, A and W, you know, whatever it is. And um, they, yeah, I mean, no, absolutely. We don't want to limit anyone. We just want to keep it kind of unique and special. That the you know these pros are teaching. You can really only come and you know take a class with Jesse Graf uh, with the Wolfpack Ninja Tour. So that's what's kind of special and unique about us is that um, yeah we've got the ninjas and uh, so you won't see those same athletes teaching the classes at the A and W series. No, not the ones that are on our team. Okay. Yeah, and um, but the, but there'll be some athletes who I mean they'll still have great ninjas. There's so many great ninjas, and I'm, they're going to have great ninjas too teaching at their events, and they're going to provide a lot of value uh, for people who want to do Ninja, you know? And so, um, yeah, I I mean, there's some, there's some distinguishing characteristics and, you know, it's kind of too early to say, uh, ultimately what's going to happen, but we definitely have some unique characteristics that, uh, that, you know, that we kind of, uh, brings value to what we're doing. And I I think what they're doing is, is also going to bring value to the world. And, uh, you know, I I hope it's successful so it can so it can grow and so, you know, they can grow in parallel. And, uh, you know, it, it doesn't make sense to in a market that's so massive, that has so much space, it does not make any sense to to want a quote unquote competitor to not do well, because really in the beginning of any new markets, competitors are really. Working together to build the market, to build the marketplace, and to, you know, like you have to. It's like different stores in a mall or something, right? That you need like fifty store or twenty stores in a mall for people to want to come to the mall and go to, you know, and go and do these different things with a food court and stuff. And, and the analogy is, you know, we're just different stores where people can come and get their ninja mm-hmm. on, and you know, so we're working together um and there's there's so many people interested in this and so much demand that there's going to be more you know i guarantee you there's rockford ninja warrior there's and they're great they're going to start going into arenas uh you know there's there's all these different you know people who are thinking about doing it because the need is out there and and the world demands it so awesome well i know you're slammed and uh we're oh yeah. Over
0: now and now. So thank you so much for your time. Oh Tyler. Hey, Appreciate thank it. you, brother. It's yeah. uh, it's been really fun and great, and it's fun to talk about this stuff. It's exciting. Yeah, it is, and I wish we had time to geek out on some training stuff, but we'll. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. We'll
1: talk about that another time. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. I mean, people can follow us at Wolfpack Ninjas on Instagram. Uh, come to our website uh, wolfpackninja tour and check out the videos of the first event. And hopefully, we'll see everybody November third to fifth at the at the big event. I mean, it's gonna be it's going to be insane and so we'll be announcing that in the next few weeks and uh yeah thanks so much man thank you yeah
0: noah's ninja owned and operated business is like my dream come true can you imagine looping in all of your best friends to start a business that allowed you to follow your collective passions day in and day out One standout lesson for me is how his business morphed from simply selling t-shirts to support their climbing habit into a planned national event series. It didn't happen overnight, but they saw opportunities to expand, jumped on them, and continued that incremental growth. The more they grew, the more opportunities seemed to appear. You've got to keep both eyes open for ways to grow and not be afraid to jump on them. Another lesson, they had a way to grow even if they didn't get funding. Their Kickstarter campaign failed, but they had a plan to launch regardless. Do you have a backup plan? Can you switch gears easily? Design your business to be flexible, which also helps you take advantage of new opportunities as they arise. One last thing I want to recap. Their media plan is brilliant. They're getting other local businesses to pay for their radio and TV ads, and both parties win. And the stations win. Like my prior guest Bob Babbitt said, it's all about the win-win-win. If you haven't hit that subscribe button yet, do it now. Go ahead, right now. Because you absolutely, positively do not want to miss the next episode's interview with Strava. You know, that massive global social platform for athletes? That's Strava. Here's hoping you hit a couple buzzers this week. And as always, thanks for listening and keep building.